Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, I really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Well, I wish I could say I was, um, <sighs> I wish we had, a, I, I was more excited for the moment, for the moment. Um, <sighs> well, you know, it's a great day to live in, live in Portland. You know, it, it's raining, you know, at the moment, some places and. I guess there was a big social gathering last night at the uh, the center of Moda. And, uh, yeah, here we are, fresh off of game uh, game three, which we'll definitely get to. But I'll be honest, man, I, I, I feel like doing a lot of day drinking today. Oh, I see you, bro. And uh, my guy, Mike Lynch, is gone. He apparently he's at a destination wedding, which Lynch just told me, which is – or excuse me, excuse me, Jesse just told me, which is typical of, of Lynch. So – I called in the homie. I uh, wanted to hit my guy up. You know, we have some pretty good conversation. He's one of these guys that kind of, we all have a friend or somebody around us that kind of evokes some pretty good conversation and maybe a, a, a an angle of a conversation you hadn't thought about. So today I figured I'd do that, and I invited my guy um, from Scott and Sorrell Consulting, my man, Mr. Kenny Scott. What's going on, my guy? Hey, what's going on, bro? Thanks for having me this man, morning. Man, absolutely, man. I was glad you were able to come in. Now, here's the cold part. When you ask somebody to come in and do our show or even center in the saint which is on saturdays 9 to 11 uh it can be hard to find a, a co-host because number one that means you got to wake up depending on where you live at right. 7 30 8 o'clock depending on how your saturday night went that might not be oh, the, the, the the best idea and you are someone who actually does a lot of club promoting absolutely. and and whatnot so i know your sunday mornings are kind of sacred i'll be honest with you man last night uh me and my girl we were out at uh the bloom uh, collective event last night, a bit through this uh, fashion show, beautiful. But before I went, man, I, I watched that Blazer game. You know, so kind of took a little bit of the edge off of going to that. Took a little fun out of it, didn't it? It did, man. But you know, I apologize. I think I might smell like Hennessy and Lost Dreams this morning, man. man you were okay because I think I might smell a little bit like Jack Daniels because last <laughs> night. So it was. I actually had to go to the senior prom last oh. night. So I went to Reynolds High School's prom, uh, which was. Awesome and uh, a lot of great kids. So 
I didn't get a chance to see the very end of the game, but I was watching it closely on Bleacher Report, just making sure I saw the scores, saw the stats, and um, I'm actually kind of glad I didn't see the end of the game. So right. I feel bad for whoever did see the end of the game. You can make sure you interact with us here on the Better You Today text line, 55305. You can also get at me at TaylorMade503 on Twitter. You can get at Jesse at Jesse, Os- or, uh, Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. What's your social medias? Uh, man, you can hit me on Instagram uh, at Kenny Crush, K-E-N-N-Y-K-R-U-S-H. Kenny Crush. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I call him Crush. Like, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. I kind of forget about it and everything. But, um, man, let's let's just – we might as well just – I'm kind of avoid it, but I guess people tune in for a sports show, so they kind of want to hear sports. So we might as well just go ahead and jump into it. But what I do want to do – I kind of want to go back a little bit. I don't want to talk about game three just yet. That's important. We're going to do that. But I think we need to go back a little bit further. We need to go back to Thursday night, which was game two. In my opinion, a game the Blazers should have won. Absolutely. Um, They started hot second quarter. They sustained it. And they got really, really hot in the second quarter. And they ended up uh, boasting a 17-point lead. If you're a Blazer fan in the Western Conference Finals, you know what a 15-7 to point lead means for you. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, this is where it is. This, okay, we got it. Good job, Blazers. They can't shoot with this. Steph doesn't have it tonight. You know, these are some of the tweets I was seeing. And I had the post one that says, man, anybody can, you know, build a lead on the Warriors. Can you sustain it? The fourth, the third quarter is where they're special. Right. Unlike any other team in the league, I don't think I've ever seen another team really in, in basketball or in, in any sport like that to where they just – the fourth inning is always theirs. Or, you know, the, the third period of hockey is just where they shine and take things over. Maybe in movies, but for the most part, it, it doesn't happen like that. Golden State consistently comes back in the second quarter, excuse me, in the third quarter, and they almost kind of suck the life right out of your team. And you saw it uh, in Thursday's game. Steph Curry is a is a special talent, but you also see how deep this team can be. Like, you know, Jordan Bell, Jordan Bell was able to come up with 11 points in that game. Should have been a Blazer, man. He he should have been a Blazer, but if he was a Blazer, he wouldn't have been anywhere as effective. Like, when you play with this Golden State team, you're going to get Kevon Looney, you know, a plus A on the floor with 14 points and seven boards, you know, in that game three. You pretty much got beat by guys that you shouldn't get beat by if you're the Blazers. I, I don't know. Bell, I, I think, could have been maybe effective against a guy like Draymond Green, personally. I, yeah. I, I Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so – I, I, that's what we were talking about bef- before um, the show. The fact that well, you know that the, we'll get into that later. The the CJ thing, but with Nurk gone, they're they're vulnerable down there. I mean, you've had some nice flashes from Zach Collins in the playoffs, but flashes, you know, yeah. and and it's it's not the the offense that you're missing from Nurk. It's that defensive presence, and it allowed Draymond Green to just pound the boards, dish the ball. And get some easy buckets, and and that that's something that Bell could have alleviated. So I agree. I was pounding the table for for Bell, you know, a couple of years ago. I think and, Jordan and- Bell is one of those guys. He went to U of O. He's a, a, as far as college, a, a local guy. It's a name that you uh, that you recognize, and you saw him play in the tournament. And you saw how effective he was without being able to score the ball. So he I do understands think, his role. I do think he would have been. He would have been able to help. Um, it, it's crazy because I, I don't know, man. There, there's guys in the Blazers that probably in this situation against. The uh, the Warriors probably should be in the game. I think Anthony Simons is a guy you could probably use his shooting Why not? right now in this game. And now that you're going into game four and you're you're down 
that's a problem. But let's, going back to game three, uh, you got to look at what Draymond Green is. As you speak of Draymond Green, um, the game he was able to have. You know, we talked about the triple-double he had last night, which was incredibly impressive, of course. But game two, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 blocks. Like, Draymond is easily one of the top two or three defenders, you know, in the league. Like, I, I, I think that, and I don't really think it's, I don't think it's a question, you know. So, he's one of those guys that's just pure energy, and he plays so much better when Kevin Durant isn't on the floor. When Draymond Green is playing the way he played in game two and in game three, they're hard to beat. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a Draymond fan. You know, I, I think that he is good defensively. I think he's he's excellent a defender. But I think that you let him bully you, you know. And I, I back to the point about Jordan Bell. I think that if you have a guy that's physically his equal, but that doesn't happen. On our team, we don't have anybody that comes close to a Draymond Green. No, and the one thing about Draymond, it's it's and the reason he's such a great defender, uh, it's energy and effort. You know, that's that's the one thing you can – if you put Draymond in a bottle, it'd be called energy and effort because that's all he really is. Does he have the best, the most skill? Not really. Does he have a, a great jump shot? Not really. You know, Draymond is just somebody who's incredibly active. How many times uh, in the past three games have you seen the Blazers score, Draymond streak down the other side of the, uh, uh, of the court and get an easy layup just like, like it was nothing? Like, we've seen that – I saw it three times in game three – but I saw it a few times in game two, and it's like when that happens, there's there's really not much you can do uh, about him because, again, you have to have somebody that can match that energy. And if you're the Blazers right now, who who matches Draymond's energy? It's I mean, the person that's closest to it is Zach Collins. Yeah. And Collins has played, and, and you mentioned it, Jesse, he's had stretches to where Collins has been incredibly effective, you know, throughout the playoffs. But then he'll have a stretch like in game two where he plays eight minutes and gets zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists. Zero steals, but you know he's you know. a tw- he's a twenty one year old kid. But you're in, but th- that's true. But you were also in the Western Conference Finals, and at this point, you need to play your best basketball. We saw a, a great game from Myers Leonard last night as a starter, which m- might be the play for the rest of the of the series because Myers Leonard is actually very good guarding that pick and roll that Golden State likes to do. You know, but but, but again, you can't run your offense through Myers Leonard. Can't run it through Zach Collins. I mean, at this la- point, though, maybe you could. Get, get some trade value out of them. Right. Yeah, right? but what I saw from Myers Leonard last night was a team that really kind of struggled to, you know, keep up with – Myers is big, and he's incredibly athletic. And now that – well, and if that three-point shot has fallen for him, man, Myers Leonard could be, you know, a, a matchup nightmare. It's weird that you say that right now because we know he won't be. But in a series like this where Golden State, just being real, they they aren't incredibly big. Like, you, you dealt with the bigs from – Denver, that was the challenge there. So Golden State, that's where you kind of have at least a bit of an advantage outside of Draymond Green. Okay, we're going to break. We're going to come back. We're going to go ahead and talk about game three. Man, what the hell happened? How do you feel? And that's coming up next right here on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right. Apparently, we're talking football today, man. I'd much rather talk football than game three. Like, that sounds way more fun. Yeah, well, I'd much rather talk football than game three. But yeah. Football Sunday is going to be returning soon, though. I'm glad you played that because Can't wait. Football Sunday is going to be back. We're going to be right here, 9-11. 
Uh, we're giving fantasy updates. We are giving uh, what else? Um, what's the other thing that we do? The West Coast bias. West Coast awesome. bias. Yep. Uh, go talk Niners. a little bit. Go go Niners. Yep. I mean, not really. Uh, <laughs> all about the all about the Pats, if you know me. So we got a couple uh, texts here on the uh, Better You Today text line. Uh, Rashad, Mike's and Turks, correct? Who 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 got left off bad and bougie? Not Mike Lynch because he's always. <laughs> Traveling somewhere and doing something. Um, eight more wins until we get that ship. <laughs> I mean, that's a very optimistic it's a possibility. Outlook. And absolutely, it's a possibility. Probably not going to happen, though. Um, like I text Dirt and Sprague Friday, in 1927, Pirates uh, had a really ni- had really nice players, but they got swept by the Yankees, a team that easily took their best punches. Yeah, and that's kind of where you are right now. Golden State is a-, a phenomenal team, and the Blazers are a very good team. But you know the Blazers are playing – uh, they're they're playing not without all their pieces. You know, Nurkic, who's the second best player on this team, uh, or we might have to talk about that because considering the way CJ's played, man, is Nurkic really the second best player on the team, or is he the third? I don't think there's much between it, but we can get to that at some point. Uh, get Myers a lot of minutes in Game Four, prop him up, then trade his ass. Kind of similar to what Jesse was talking that. about. No, I think a lot of people aren't going to be mad at trading Myers. He's he's been a blazer for. What a uh, seven year? How how long has it been? Eight years. You he know, came in five years. He came to the league same year as Dame. So so it's like six years now. That's ew. That we all kind of have the same. Gotta look that up. Yeah. I think it's been six. I yeah, well, it's been seven. it's he's the same year as Dame and uh, has not had a similar career arc as Dame. Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. So what? Seven years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a. That's a long time to finally have the the best game that you've had. So we're going to go back to game three. Uh, Golden State wins 114 to 111. The Blazers outscored them by 13 points uh, in the second quarter and had a 13-point lead going into half. Deja vu. And, yeah, shades of game two. Uh, The Blazers had a 17-point lead. Uh, took it into the third quarter, and it got easily erased by the third quarter. You know, the, the thing is, Rashad, is it's just such it, – we do this all the time. I mean, 2000, we did that against the Lakers in game seven. We were up 17 points in the second half. It is like something that's ingrained in our DNA. And the, similar to that, like not only were the Blazers up – was it 15 or 17? 17. 17 in the, in the third, going into the fourth. In the second game. But – um. They missed, or at least in Game Seven, they missed the first eight shots that they had. The Blazers had, and the Lakers capitalized. When you look at what the Blazers did the other night, when Golden State is coming out hot and you're not making shots and you're giving up turnovers and you're giving up easy plays, they're going to come back no problem. With Golden State, you always believe that it's going to be the three point shot that does it for you, and in most cases, it is. But this time, they were attacking the basket. Yeah. Draymond's attacking the basket. Uh, some guy named Mc. Uh, what's his, who, with the McKinney man, who is he? He comes in and and makes a significant three point buckets that kind of give them a, a bit of a jolt. You know, we already talked about what Jordan Bell was able to do with eleven points, and Kevon Looney was able to pitch in with fourteen points. You know, Iguodala only had four, so you really got beat by Steph Clay, Kevon Looney, and Jordan Bell. Yeah, those are the guys that went ahead and beat. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The score that I just gave was for actually for. For game two. Game two. Forgive me for that. But uh, either way, the Blazers, unfortunately, have just have, have shown a really a, a lack of energy. And Coach Stotts, 
uh, alluded to that in his interview. He's like, it's it's not going to be strategy in game four. It's going to be energy and effort. And that's the one thing that they lack. That pick and roll, that Golden State, I don't know why they continue to go under that and let Steph rain threes on you all game. I'm not sure who decides to put CJ on clay, you know, and I think CJ is a can be a pesky defender at points, but Clay Thompson's six foot seven. Yeah. And can shoot the lights out. And that little turnaround jumper that he has uh is is almost unblockable, you know, especially when he's shooting from about fifteen to seventeen away. Clay is almost unstoppable. So I, I kind of wonder at times maybe what what Stotts is thinking, you know, just because we saw the the big change. I think it took a lot of people by surprise. Like, yeah, we're definitely going to lose this game when you figured out Myers Leonard was going to be starting over Enos Cantor. I think that took a lot of people by surprise because if there's anybody in the starting lineup that's not supposed to be there, it's Al Farouk Aminu. Oh, my God. You well, know, the Chief is one of my favorite players. I, I, is I, he? I'll go on record and say that. Yeah, I mean, because typically his effort is there. And this playoffs, I don't know what's going on. Al Farouk Aminu, for me... Again, I say it all the time. He reminds me of Travis Outlaw. Ooh. He is, yeah. That's what I saw. So when you mentioned me, I'm like, ugh, really? Travis Man, Outlaw? Travis buddy? Outlaw is a guy that had a lot of all the, the physical abilities. He was long. He was athletic. Uh, once he caught fire, he could really, you know, like shoot the lights out on certain nights. But he just couldn't put it together on consistent nights. Like, he'd I get give that. it to you one night, and then he'll give you seven, six, two, 15. But see the thing. Or, the thing I like about Aminu and Harkless both is that they're they're not great offensively, but their versatility on defense is great, right? So you can put them on a small forward, a power forward, even a shooting guard. I mean, they can really disrupt things. The problem is, is they can't shoot. You know, Dame and CJ need some shooters around them. There needs to be somebody that's a knockdown shooter at about six six, six seven. Um, is that guy out there? I don't know. It's funny you say that as just as I look at Bleacher Report um, at the Blazers section, um, it says, just watch Draymond on this play. It's simply unfair to Lillard to put Harkless and Aminu on the floor together, allowing Green and Iguodala to play zone. Absolutely. That's been happening the entire – so, I mean, I understand what you say as far as the effort, the energy is there, but sometimes it's not. And, and Aminu a lot, a lot of times looks lost when he's on the floor. Like he has no idea what he's supposed to be doing, and I'm sure he knows what the play is. But in my head, when I watch him, I just see a guy that's just not ready. He's you know, just not ready to play. I wouldn't have as much of a problem with Aminu if he could turn that also into being a little bit more of a thug, right? Like, we don't have anybody that's going to, when Steph's coming around these screens free, stepping up and, and putting him on his butt. It, it just doesn't happen. These guys are doing whatever they want to do. Then last night you saw uh, Collins almost got knocked out on the flagrant foul. They have about two or three players that will not allow us to do anything. But we're letting them do every single thing they want to do. Uh, last night, Kevon Looney's plus 12 on the floor with uh, eight points. So not <clears throat> excuse me, not a great game from Kevon Looney, but still uh, able to be effective. Jordan Bell pitched in with six points. But it was really – it is about one guy, you know, out there if you're the Golden State Warriors. And that one guy is the one that beat you for the second night. Uh, in a row, really, and that's one uh, Stephen Curry. Yeah, greatest shooter ever. Like, I'm not, and we're gonna talk. At least I'm gonna talk about Steph here in one of our segments here a little bit later. But uh, what can you do, you know, about a guard who can just who who just he he took 16 threes 
made six of them. Percentage, not, you know, not awesome. But at the same time, there's nothing. You, you want him shooting that ball if you're Golden State. Like, this is just kind of who he is, what he does. Like, I don't know if we've seen many point guards control the ball, control the game uh, with their scoring. But this game was about Steph Curry, you know, rising to the top and the rest of the Blazers just not coming to play. C.J. McCollum, uh, again, had another, I guess, strong game, considering that, you know, Steph was the leading scorer with 36. C.J. was second with 23, five rebound, or five assists, a couple rebounds in between there. Um, seven for 20 from the field, two for 10. You know, the Blazers uh, from three-point were 11 for 35 as a team. But, but look at this. We shot better than they shot. But the Warriors were 8 for 26, you know, so they, they were 1% better, 1.4% better uh, from the three-point line than the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors had a, a better, you know, shot the same amount of free throws, so they 20 But look at that free throw percentage. Yeah, and the Blazers shot 33 free throws, 60%. and they made 20 of them. They missed 13 free throws, which is an additional 13 points. The Blazers lost by how many? 11. We shot like Shaq last night. It Literally, was, it was it, you're not going to win. And again, when you play against Golden State, you have to play as perfect as possible. There's very little room for error. When the Blazers play games where they average four or when they give around four to seven turnovers, they typically win those games. When you're giving the ball to Golden State, when you're chipping bunnies at the rim, when you're not making free throws, you're just letting them back in the game little by little by little. And then what do you know? They have that big scoring surge that you know is going to happen at some point. Typically, the third quarter is when it goes down. Yeah, You know it's coming, but you don't do all the things you need to do to execute. The execution for the Blazers through these first three games, uh, especially terrible. down the stretch, has been terrible. 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 Not, not even close to playoff basketball. I and mean, you sh- we shouldn't even be in the playoffs playing like this. No, they, they shouldn't be anywhere near the playoffs, but they are. Here they are in the Western Conference Finals. They're playing against a team that's hungry and wants it more. The Blazers, there was a little bit of a celebration. Dame kind of shed a few tears, you know, after, you know, making it to the conference finals. And, and rightfully so, I understand that's been a long right. time as a franchise that the Blazers have been there. But for Golden State, this is business as usual. It, absolutely. You know, they went out there and beat a Houston Rockets team that nobody in Portland wanted to play. And they beat them 4-2 without Kevin Durant for one and a half of those games. Yeah. Those facts. You know, the thing is, I'm a, I'm a Blazer. I've been a Blazer fan since – the mid-80s, and it's been a lot of hurt in my fandom. The thing is about this year, though, is I didn't think we were going to beat Golden State. I thought we were going to compete. So seeing us not compete is the thing that's making me the most upset. I think seeing them not compete, I don't want to say they're not competing. I think they're, they're, I don't want to say they've gotten cute either because I don't think that's fair. But something goes on in the third quarter to where they think this lead is going to sustain itself. Because they're up, that should right. be the game. Like Because yeah. against any other team, you're probably right. You're playing against Sacramento. You're playing against even Houston, some of those things. Yeah, okay, you're probably right. You go up 13, it'd be, it'd be hard to imagine you losing this game. The Warriors, though, are one of those teams, even without Kevin Durant. This, mind you, the team without Kevin Durant is the one, that, the one that won 73 games. Right. The team without Kevin Durant is the one that beat LeBron and Kyrie and company in the first, you know, their first time in the NBA Finals. What, 4-1, 4-2? I can't remember what that what that series was. So this team, sans Kevin Durant, is still the Golden State Warriors. It's actually the Warriors team that everybody feared before KD got there. Well, uh, the it's like we talked about kind of last week, right? 
um, with with the pace of play. Golden State has no problem being down at the half. Nope. Right? It It's what we were talking about last week with Dame. Facilitate. Come out. Get all of the guys involved. Get everybody going, shooting, hot. Dame can typically turn it on at any time. Like, come out, get everybody else going. And then what does Steph Curry love to do in the third quarter? Wham, Steph bam, Curry thank things. you, ma'am. Here's here's <laughs> here's 20 points. Peace. Yeah, we're, out. You know, we're out. Right. And, and so Dame did that a couple times this postseason. And that's when the Blazers look their best. And they kind of look like the Golden State Warriors. True. And, and that's the pace of play. It's just like, hey, let's come out. Let's play solid basketball the first two quarters. And then we're going to do the knockout blow coming out of the half. And that's what we're not seeing out of Portland. They're, they're playing their best basketball in the first half and then letting Golden State give them the knockout blow in the third quarter. Done. Yeah. yeah. So uh, game three, Warriors take the Blazers down 110-99. Game four is tomorrow at 6 p.m. Is that correct? Yes, correct. 6 p.m. on uh, ESPN. So uh, get ready to watch that if you'll uh, – you know, if you want to do some day drinking before that, because I think the Blazers are going to get one of these games. I think they'll win game four, you know, and we'll talk about game four uh, a little bit later on. So, yeah, it's at this point, backs against the wall is a huge understatement. The Blazers have to come out and show some energy and effort. Okay, coming up next, man, Blazer fans, how do you feel now? A week has changed. Supposed to be a competitive series. Now you're down 3-0. Tell me how you feel. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So initially, I was asking Jesse to play a song called, you know, How Does It Feel for our next segment. But this actually works out well, too, because I'm going to just move a segment up and move the other one we had back. Um, Who do you most blame for the Blazers collapse? Ouch. As this song is called Till I Collapse by, you know, Eminem and the late Nate Dogg. it brings up an interesting point. You know, there are a lot of fingers being pointed today um, at the Blazers organization. A lot of people pointing their finger at Stotts, asking about some rotations and why guys like Aminu and Harkless, obviously not crush. He doesn't, he likes Aminu and Harkless being in the game. Um, But maybe why they're in the game. Um, A lot of people pointing fingers at Damian Lillard about why he's not more effective. And we find out last night, actually, that Dame has been injured since game two with a separated rib um, after, I forget who was that landed on him. I think it was uh, Looney yeah. uh, landed on him when he was going for a loose ball. I didn't know that. Apparently, Dame has a separated rib, uh, which can be really, if you've never had anything go, go wrong with your ribs, like it's hard to breathe, it's hard to do, you know, a whole, whole lot of things. Having broken a one before, uh, definitely not a great experience. So hopefully he's able to go and ready to go. Um, a lot of people pointing fingers at the bigs. Zach Collins hasn't been effective. Cantor hasn't been the Cantor that we've been used to seeing over these past few playoff runs or past few um, playoff series, excuse me. Um, but who do you most blame, if you're the fans, for the Blazers' collapse? I'll you, start with you because you're, you're the, the biggest. Just be noted, Kenny has a, uh, a uh, 1977 hat on right now. So he spirit, is a baby. huge Blazer fan. He's all about Blazer, man. And he also has a 49ers Super Bowl championship shirt on. It's pretty old. Yeah. But uh, he does have one on uh, nonetheless. 
but I'm curious. Just a little, little dig at the, at the 49ers. Um, so I'm curious, man, as a fan, because you're probably the the biggest fan of the Blazers, you know, between the three of us in the room right now. You, you know, Who do you most blame for that? Man, I don't know. I, I, the reason I got so mad last night, I don't know where we could have, I mean, other than effort, right? So I guess I, I blame the collective effort. I saw some effort last night from Myers. I can't deny that. I just got a little irritated with us running the offense through him. That was a little irritating to me. Uh, finding out that Dame is hurt, I can't blame the man if he got a, you know, if he got separated rib. It's no joke. CJ, I mean, you're supposed to be second fiddle, right? Uh, you still had 23 points. Your your plus minus was minus six, which isn't terrible. You know, Stotts, I do got a little bit of beef with his rotations. I feel like we could have used more Rodney Hood. Uh, I feel like we could always use. A little less Turner, even though I, I said I'd never say anything bad about that guy again. It, it's just a combination of things, man. You like all the Blazers that everybody is like, man, you got to get rid of this dude. Evan Turner. Because yeah. uh, I saw on your Facebook, he's like, I'll never blame Evan Turner ever for anything. Again. After again. game seven, man, I'll ne never again. I mean, I, I don't think people get past. So it, I personally, I blame the effort for the Blazers. And that's not really something I can put on stats. That's not something I can really um, throw on top of just Dame's shoulders, you know, although he is the superstar, and now he's finally at a point to where he understands what it means to be a superstar, both in a good sense and the bad one. Right. Like, when the Blazers eventually go down, and I'm knocking on wood here, but it's, you know, it's it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Like, against this team, I don't see anybody, any team, coming back four straight games and beating them. That's just, I, I just don't think that's um, going to happen. But Dame is finding out that as a superstar – Man, it goes on you when you lose. Yeah. People aren't going to say, well, that damn CJ, he, if he'd have done more. No, no one's going to say that. No one's going to talk about the fact that Nurkic wasn't there and he had broke his leg with four weeks in the season to go. Like, the blame is going to go directly on top of the huge head of Damian Lillard. Well, you know, and, and the scary thing about this is this is not the first time that this has happened to Dame, right? So you go back and you look last year at the Pelican series. It's literally one way you scheme against this guy and you can take him out of the game with our current roster, right? Like, you you trap him hard and they can't do anything. Denver did it to us for part of this, actually for most of the series last series, and Dame didn't have a great series. Uh, CJ stepped up and, and uh, took over the series, but you can't depend on CJ McCollum, in my opinion, to do that for 16 games in the playoffs. I mean, there's... That's not what he's there for. He is a great complimentary player. He's never been an all-star. Uh, he's one of the better scorers in the league. But physically, he just does not have what you need for somebody to take over a game See, that many times. I would, I, I would disagree with that in the sense that I think CJ has grown a lot as a player. Not just the grayer, but as a, as a player, but yeah. physically. Like, if you look at CJ now and maybe look at him two years ago, the arms, the shoulders, everything, he – you understand he's not going to grow another four inches. Right. Like, that's just not going to happen at 26 years old or 27. He's not going to grow another four inches. What he can do is take care of his body and make sure he's bigger and make sure that he's not uh, getting trapped as much and make sure that he's nobody's able to just push him, you know, off of the uh, – off the. Um, excuse me, I can't even talk right now. Words, man. <laughs> but just the fact that nobody's really able to push CJ around, you see him getting a lot – He's always been the mid-range king. Right. Now it's just so effortless and easy because he can push off a little bit and there's there's some substance to it. So I think CJ is one of those guys that can has grown. And I kind of disagree with the fact that I think he could be an all-star. Jesse and I were talking about this before the show started. CJ is one of those guys that with – he averages about 23 points a game. But he averages like two rebounds and two assists. 
if he got three more rebounds and three more assists, you're looking at a guy that's averaging 23, 5, and 5 in the Western Conference. That's definitely an all-star. Yeah. He's going to be on that all-star team. And, for and again, it goes back to energy and effort. The person I blame the most for the Blazers' collapse is Stephen Curry. Like, it's pretty easy. Like, you're talking about the greatest shooter that we've ever seen in the NBA. Typically, point guards change the game with their ability to get everyone else involved. Magic Johnson, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, uh, Pistol P, all the great point guards and great ball handlers, Chris Paul, all the great guys you can think of through history, their main job, their number one job is to make sure I get you off and I'll get, I get the ball to you and I get the ball to you. Steph has changed that in the sense to where he's the number one option as a scoring point. Typically, what small scoring guard has worked in the NBA? Allen Iverson? Yeah, Steve Allen Nash Iverson, tried. Steve Nash, Nash tried like, it. I mean, I mean, he got some MVPs, but never got a ring. He never he got he, he never got a ring. But I think a lot of that was because Phoenix, much like uh, Houston, doesn't really rely on defense. They want to score yeah. in seven seconds, and then uh, they they don't want to play you know any defense. They want to hope the other team misses. But you know, the thing that baffles me about that is you're right. It, and Steph Curry has been the most dominant player, but probably the smallest player on the court. So when does Portland make him dust himself off a little bit? Why don't you you know? Rough him up a little bit. I'm not saying you got to be dirty, but they're being really physical with Dame. What's the matter with being really physical with Steph? No, I, I think that's the thing. Like, I'm, I've never understood why nobody picks up Steph full court. Like, you're just not going to come up and pull up on us. And no one really does that because they're all afraid that they're going to, Steph is going to breeze past them and just throw something out there. If he throws something up, typically uh, it's going to go in. We got a couple texts here on the Better You Today text line before we get ready to break. Um, uh, I blame the Warriors for the collapse. Just a much better uh, team. I mean, I I would tend to agree with that. Uh, I think it's talking about CJ. He is not a superstar. He's a star. Uh, or or maybe we're talking about Dane. Okay. Uh, he's not a superstar. He's a star. Clay Thompson and Chris Paul shut him down all the time, period. Uh, stars can't get shut down. It should be noted that Clay Thompson is one of the 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 two or three. It's number one, I think Clay Thompson's the second best two guard in the league. Clay Thompson's also, as far as defense, probably the best guard. Who you got? You know, at number, who you got at number one? James Harden. Ooh, James, yeah, James Harden. I I'm pretty sure Steph Curry's had a couple bad finals appearances. Yes. yes. No, I'm just gonna go team. ahead and throw that one yeah, out there. You say true. superstars can't be shut down. Steph Curry has had some bad finals appearances. Steph Curry allowed Andre Iguodala to be the Finals MVP, not Steph Curry. And then it was Kevin Durant, and then it was KD again. So Steph has definitely had some some bad uh, playoff games, some bad finals games and stuff like that. Right now, you're just looking at a dude who's just he just he's he's hitting everything. He's doing Steph Curry like things. And if there's anybody to blame, it's just uh, it's blame the Illuminati or whoever gave Steph all these powers <laughs> that he has, because like nobody should be able to shoot the ball as well. As he shoots it, he gets a shot from everywhere. Once he gets to the paint, it's like a that's that's going in. Like I mean, he can throw it up, and it's just going to go in. He's a special special talent, and I just honestly don't think that we've ever seen anything like that at the point guard position. And that's where the Blazers are strong as point guards. So no matter what Dame does, he's always going to be overshadowed by Steph because he's just that much better. Yeah. People, there was a conversation literally going on this year. It's like, oh, who would you rather have, Steph or Dame? I'm taking Dame. I'm taking Dame. Dame is doing this. Nah, no, you're not. You're going to take Steph because that's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. We're yeah. going to see another Damian Lillard, you know, guys that do stuff like him. We see somebody else with the character and everything Dame has, not sure. But the skill sets, there's going to be another one like him. I don't know if we're ever going to see a dude that shoots the ball. Steph makes bad shots, terrible shots, but they go in. So you're like, oh, okay. Facts. 
Well, and that's the thing that just kind of honestly that that to me tells it's kind of weird, but kind of emphasizes the greatness of Steph Curry because you're having this conversation because Steph Curry took a different role with the addition of Kevin Durant, right? Right. So it's that same conversation of that you and I were having Rashad before the show of CJ looks a lot different when you take Nurkic out of the equation. Well, that's because when you add a third really good player, everybody has to take a, 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 a different role except for probably the number one player on the team. That would be Dame, right? So CJ doesn't look quite quite right. This is the unique time where the best player on the team took a different role, sacrificed for the addition of Kevin Durant, and now we're reminded of what Steph was before Kevin Durant because he was willing to sacrifice to add in a great player like that. That, that to me, is what a, a big part of what makes Steph great. Is yeah. the fact that he's able to recognize that and assume a different role and a lesser role so you can bring on Kevin Durant. Yeah. Steph Curry is a special dude, and um, the Blazers are finding out the hard way. Okay, uh, coming up next, now we're going to ask, how do you feel? Three games down, hopefully four more to go. We'll see how, we, how you feel coming up right here on The Fan. were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, if you're feeling some type of way, man, let the soothing, soothing tenor of D'Angelo kind of calm you down because uh, last night's loss was a, it was a big blow to a lot of people. So it brings me to the question, how do you feel, Blazer fans? Where are you at right now? Uh, is it doom and gloom? Are you just happy your squad made it this far? Were you expecting more? Like, I'm curious, especially as we got to play Golden State. For me, I can tell you what I was thinking. I personally thought that we had a good chance. And we, I mean the Blazers. It's no secret, big Blazer fan here. Um, I thought they could have done this. I thought they could have won game one. They should have won game two. They should have won game three. But here we are. Here we are. In an 0-3 hole to what potentially will be the three-time defending NBA champions. I don't know how to feel at this point. At the, I expected this team to compete a little more than they have, especially down the stretch. I could care less about the first quarter and the first half that you had. I want to see a team that that closes the game and does it the right way. And so far, that's not the Blazer squad that we've gotten. So far, we've got a team that looks timid in the third and fourth quarter, a team that looks incredibly unsure of themselves and their skills in the third and fourth quarter. I see a guy in Dame that even before the, the this, this rib injury that we're hearing about, which I'm still a little mm, about in the first place, I saw a guy that we did that is a much different player than we saw in the first couple games against Denver. Um, towards the end of that Denver series, Dame just didn't look like himself. I don't know if he got hurt, you know. And we saw him at one point wincing at that at that uh, calf muscle of his. And I think Dame isn't the same dude that we saw in the first series that had all the energy. And I don't know if it was just the, the fact that he'd be playing against Westbrook and Westbrook is the trash talker that he is, and there is the bad blood, quote unquote, between the two. 
maybe he got up for that game or for that series and just had a point to prove about Westbrook being better than Dame. I don't know what it was. Either way, I'm looking at a guy who doesn't look like the Damian Lillard that we've seen for most of the season. He doesn't you know, look like the first-team All-NBA guy that we're used to seeing. The law averages, man, to me, is showing me that it's game. I mean, I I just always am going to look back on that Denver or uh, the series last year against New Orleans and the way they took him out of the series, and he deferred, deferred, deferred. He started to do it again last series against Denver. Deferred to CJ to the point where, luckily, CJ put his cape on. This series, there's no cape. At some point, you have to be that guy that you were all season long in the first round, or you have to say, like you, like you said earlier when we were off air, I'm hurt. Uh, I'm I'm not able to compete in the way. But I, I don't want to hear it after now. Now we, we might get swept. You know that that's that's like the little homie beating you on the basketball court and he scored game point on you and my finger hurts. You know I I don't want to see that. Yeah, I. I... You know this this game, the series, um, really came down to one thing: like whose backcourt, whose backcourt is going to be better? Um, whomever's backcourt plays better, that's who's going to win this series. Uh, so far, through three games, Golden State's backcourt has been better than Portland's. I think everything else is kind of a wash. Draymond Green is the outlier because there are some games where he could not be very effective, but then he's when he's moving and got that energy and effort that we talked about earlier, he's. He's hard to he's hard to slow down and hard to really get or to to wrangle. So, but I'm still looking at that, saying, man, you still got Cantor who could still offset that. Man, you still got Harkless who can have a a seven eight point game and offset that. Rodney Hood has been as good as anyone else th- throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and you have that to counteract with that. Somebody, we got a, a text here on the Better You Today text line. Did Blazer fan really think this was going to be any different? Yeah, they did. Because here's why. <laughs> Not having Kevin Durant on the floor changed everything yeah. for the NBA, really. You know, for a lot of different teams, not having Kevin Durant on the floor changed everything. This this Warriors team actually matches up really well with this Blazers team. There's a reason that the Blazers are able to hang around in these games for as long as they're able to hang around. They actually match up really well. Man, we were 2-2 this, this year. It's Steph and Clay on this side, and then you got Damon CJ on, on that side. You can match up with those shooters. They don't have all the guys coming off the bench that they used to have. And now you're seeing guys like... Looney kind of being having more of a presence, you know, because he's got he's got a bigger role now. But the bench isn't the same for Golden State. So yes, if there is any opportunity that you had to come in there and steal some games and make some noise, you were supposed to win Game One. I don't care what anybody says. I know what the score says, but the Blazers should have won Game One. They were up 17 and should have won Game Two. They let it go in the third quarter. They were up 13 and, and made some bonehead uh, mo- uh, moves oh. and decisions down the stretch. Should have won Game Three, but they didn't. So that's three opportunities they had there, and they were right there with that team, and they just kind of let it go towards the end uh, of the game. And uh, it, it really comes down to Clay and Steph have just been flat out better than than, than uh, Dame and CJ. Yeah, I That's mean, just what it is. You know, the crazy stat here I'm looking at, Steph outscored Dame by 15 points. I mean, even more than that, 17 points. It is not even close and to the point where the scheme has to come into play. It, are we not guarding Curry like they're guarding Dame? I see. I just think it's just one of the like Steph is. There's no guarding him. Like there's nothing you can do. Like what what else can you do? Like you throw every look at Steph. I'm pretty sure every single coach, all 30 of them in the NBA, have sat down and said, "How do we stop this dude?" And none of them have been able to do it. Like let's let LeGuard, uh, LeBron guard him. 
Here's 30. LeBron, take that. Hey, let's let Jimmy Buckets guard him. Here, you take 32, Jimmy Buckets. Like, all the great defenders that are in the league that can guard, that think they can guard Steph, like, he's he's torching them all because he's just that good. Like, and so I don't know if there is a game plan for Steph. I don't know if there's a game plan for for Clay. You know, if we're talking about Steph being the greatest shooter of all time, Clay is probably second. Definitely second. That's a good argument for that. Yeah, Absolutely. no, Clay is definitely second. Like, I mean, he's broken that three pointers in a season uh record twice. But you know, he had a, a very pedestrian game last night. I mean, he nineteen points, eight of twenty shooting. Yeah. I mean, he I think we did a pretty good job on him. Granted, he did ISO on CJ and he did whatever he wanted to do. But you know, it, it just comes down to the effort. It always comes back to that with me last night at this game. I just feel like we just don't we don't want like Katie said, we do not want to go to the finals. Effort has been the 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 word of really that's been going around uh in the Blazers locker room. Uh Terry Stott said the Blazers fell apart in the second half uh and called for improved energy levels in game four at the Moda Center on Monday. Uh this is a quote from Stotts that says, uh, we're going to give it our best effort Monday. I mean, that's all that matters. We have to give our best effort. Strategy no longer matters. No, it's not about strategy no more. You know what you're supposed to do, and your, your strategy has worked. Here's the cold First part. Half. The strategy has worked just fine. Back-to-back -back games. And, and I'm not sure what they're doing at, at halftime and if the Warriors are taking or drinking Michael Jordan's secret stuff like during before they come back on the court, but either way, it's not working. The halftime adjustments, I don't know if they think because they're winning that we don't have to adjust and we're doing what – no, because you know that adjustment is coming for the Warriors, and you have to be able to, to have a counterpunch. And it seems like through three games, the Blazers have had no way to counterpunch uh, what the Warriors are able to do. I agree. I mean, you know, and that's really funny that you say that. They come out in the third quarter. We gave up that 15-point lead uh, on in game two in two minutes. I mean – just like that, it took a whole half to build it, and they took it away in two minutes. Real easy. It, like, like it was nothing. Almost like they're resting the players in the first half and telling them to get ready for the second half. You yeah. know, they're just playing a half it's, it's a game It's two of different basketball. games. It's two different games. The first half, again, Blazers' spirits were up and through the roof, and I'm still, still sitting there kind of looking like, okay, guys, we've seen this. Let's chill. We haven't won this game. Make sure they come out and play defense. They're able to score after Golden State's able to get a bucket. Yeah. When, the, when Golden State goes on these runs and they're not able to answer – that's what ends up doing you in. Okay, uh, coming up next, hour two, we're going to talk about our keys to game four. How can the Blazers try to get back on track? That's coming up next right here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 